all over the Pac-12 footprint. We're going to be all season long. Yogi Roth, joined by Ted Robinson. We're going to take you around on our adventures as college football season's finally here, Ted. We're in Northern California now. Every weekend we'll be in a different area in this esteemed conference. You are the godfather <laughs> of this conference. Yogi, we're going from Tucson to Pullman. And when you land in Spokane, we call it a safari, don't we? <laughs> we do. We do. Yeah. yeah, and for everybody that doesn't know, they need to go to the Davenport. And the, the beautiful mm-hmm. part for me, because we're going to tell stories about this podcast. Of course, we'll talk about games, talk different analysis, great stories from the history, and, of course, this coming season in college football. But we're also going to take you on the road a little bit. And the Davenport, I don't know how you feel about it, but for me, I always feel as though it's like the ultimate tease, Dad, because I go to that hotel – and all I want to do is like sit in like the cheetah printed chair, but you got to leave at like five in the morning if you want to get get on your flight to get home on a Sunday after a yeah. night game in Pullman. It's tough prying you out of there at five a.m. Yoga, I know. Listen, we did this. I think wasn't it last year we did a game in Pullman. We went back and stayed the night in Spokane, and we had the couple of TVs in the Safari Lounge, and then I had my iPad set up for one of the other <laughs> streaming. We had like five games that we were watching all at once. And that's what makes college football great. It, it, to me, is that you know, w- when we have the ability to connect, especially on a Saturday night when there's games going on everywhere, and watch all of the different action from different parts of the country, uh, and that's one of the rare places where we can do it, where everybody collects and, and collaborates. And listen, Leach, my God, this guy keeps winning. I mean, and, and he's, he's doing the one-and-done quarterback thing, Yog. And he pulled it off beautifully last year. I mean, what, what Minshew did last year, we had a chance to see firsthand how brilliant that was. If he can pull it off again with this guy from Eastern Washington this year, that'd yeah. be extraordinary. It's going to be it's going to be really fun to watch. When you look at the numbers of Wazoo, since 2015, they got the second most wins in the Pac-12 conference, which if we did man on the street and asked, no one would get that right. They've beaten Stanford last few seasons, Oregon the last few seasons. I mean, everybody other than UW, and they've flipped it with Cal the last two years. Justin Wilcox, clearly one of the best defensive minds in the country, let alone the Pac-12 going up against the air raid schemes. But... I think it, there, I see two sneaky teams this year. The season is almost upon us. We've got a game coming up on Thursday night. And, of course, we're going to be rolling this weekend. Week one will be at Washington against Eastern Washington. But I see Washington State in the north, and you could argue even Cal. And then I see SC as a sleeper in the south, which sounds really? crazy. Yeah, it does. SC as a sleeper. But, but I really think that as they make the seismic shift to the air raid. So I ask you, did you ever think we'd be talking about Air Raid Washington State, Air Raid USC in the same <laughs> no, sentence in this no. conference? Well, SC's a sleeper. When the heck has that ever happened? Come on, I'm a Notre Dame guy. You think that's <laughs> ever happened? So I thought when you said sleeper in the South, I thought you were going to say Arizona. It's, it's I a mean, fair. if Khalil Tate can recapture what he had two years ago, right, with Sumlin's pedigree and what he's done offensively at his prior stops, I mean, that's pretty, that's pretty special. Yeah, well, you think about it. For whatever you want to take – any credence on a preseason poll, two years ago, Arizona had three votes to win the Pac-12 South. Pretty much the same team, but a year older. Because I think receivers, one of the most easy, easily replaceable positions, yeah. they replaced a couple guys, talented recruits, one of them Booby Curry out of the state of Texas. They'll have a chance to make a lot of noise. But I look at SC, and I see down the middle of their defense, they're like Utah. Marlon Tuipolotu, Jay Tefele at the defensive tackles, Brandon Peely. Those guys have played a lot of football. Linebackers, Pala E.A. Naoteote. To me, he's got a chance to be Defensive Player of the Year wow. in this conference. John Houston, senior linebacker. 
Then in the safeties, Isaiah Polamau, he, he looks the party. 6'3", 215, really rangy, and uh, Talanoa Hufunga out of Corvallis, Oregon at the safety position. So I think if they can develop the resiliency, man, it's going to be fun because I think they start hot, and then they get the Utah Utes, who should be undefeated, at home on a Friday at a renovated Coliseum in September. We're going to learn a lot about yeah. this conference early on. That's great because, look, we're in a conference that has always been, at least to me, in three-plus decades around this league, it's always been defined by quarterbacks. It's defined by offense. And yet we're talking about defense. And Washington has had a brilliant defense the last few years, and that has been, to me, completely uh, correlates to their success. Utah has been a contender the last few years because of their defense. And if USC is there, same way. But I want to go back to quarterbacks because that's what defines this conference to me. And I'm, I'm a little bit somewhat hesitant because this, to me, is one of the more telling years where we have fewer returning standout quarterbacks, right? You have Justin Herbert, for sure. Everyone seems to think unanimous number one. Where do you think? After Justin Herbert, Costello, I think at so. Stanford, Tate at Arizona, right? Yeah, I think you're right. And it's really sneaky this year because, you know, you could argue there's going to be seven senior starting quarterbacks, which is a big number, I think, when you look at conferences overall, but didn't see seven quarterbacks at media days in the preseason. So to your point, not a lot at that high caliber ceiling that we're accustomed to. Sam Darnold, Josh Rosen, etc. So I think it's Herbert, it's Costello, and then it's question marks, but with high ceilings. Steven Montez. That's we my called sleeper the quarterback. That's my sleeper QB. I mean, talk about stories. Yeah. We were there the night that Colorado jumped back into the picture. Picked sixth in the Pac-12 South. All of a sudden, Steven Montez replaces Cepho Lufau. They beat the Ducks. Knock off the Kings at the time of the throne in Eugene. You call it. I'll never forget it. Knock down in the corner of the end zone. Remember that call? Keller Witherspoon. Exactly. And all yeah. of a sudden, they find their way to the Pac-12 title game. But that's my guy. So that's the experienced guy that no one's talking about. And to me, if with a new coach and the whole new breath of fresh air that that brings, if Montez can find that game again, right, and, and we don't know who their running backs are going to be yet. They have a whole new wave. You were there, so you saw we all understand how good their receivers are. But I, I think if Montez can put that string together, 10, 11 good games in a row, that's the team that could surprise. Yeah, he's going to be fun. And, and being around him, you know this better than anybody, but seniors, and we felt it, whether you're a student or whether you're an athlete, you feel a sense of urgency. I had to go find a job. Oh, my God, college is almost <laughs> over. Or am I going to make it to the league? Or if there's a new coach, like if we're not doing well, am I going to be replaced by one of the younger quarterbacks? You know, they got a great backup quarterback in Blake Stenstrom, one of the three quarterbacks that are backups there at Colorado. We all know that name. You follow this conference. Father Steve at one point was the all-time leading passer, I believe, in the entire conference. Yes, he so, was. so now I think that's going to drive this young man to play his best football. And, and I say that on the heels of Jake Luton, to me, will be a, a, an interesting guy as another senior. He gets his sixth year to come back at Oregon State. When he was healthy... They were moving the ball. So is it an offensive-oriented scheme and opportunity for Oregon State? Colorado, I think they're going to have to outscore a lot of teams. Of course, Gage Gabrud, if he wins the job, or another senior, Anthony Gordon, who's going to roll out and be the starter for Washington State. So the senior thing I think will be fun. And, and to your point, some of the guys with those sense of urgency thoughts and vibes around their play, they're going to have to show up. And I think they will. 
So, Yogi, we have shared, I think we share a little bit of a, an admiration society for Justin Wilcox. We have for quite some time. And that's the other team to me that's so intriguing because they're trying, well, they're not trying. They're bucking the trend in the Pac-12, which has forever been associated with offense. Cal's defense is pretty good. It was good last year. should be good again this year. If they can figure out the quarterback, yeah. I mean, Bo Baldwin has a terrific pedigree. He's been there now. If they can get the quarterback situation settled and find somebody that can establish the ability to throw the ball down the field a bit, which they didn't have last year, to me, that's a team, and, and I think the North is loaded, but that's a team that could really <laughs> – that's a team that could surprise because I think – don't you think that defense – yeah, that defense has chance to be really good. Yeah, we talk Utah secondary, all NFL players. We talk yeah. UW and just how they reload. We get it. They recruit well. They're loaded. But there's an argument that's real about this best secondary in this conference could be Cal. And I think when you think 10,000 feet, or if you're listening to this on the East Coast, your hometown in New York City, or in Pennsylvania, you're thinking Pac-12, you're thinking about in the North, Oregon, UW, maybe Stanford, maybe Wazoo, if you kind of nerd out in this conference. But if you get into the weeds like we do on this podcast and we call games on the Pac-12 Networks, Cal beat UW a year ago. Cal has been close with Stanford. Cal has been able to dominate Washington State two years ago. Last year, lost a tight game on the road. Just couldn't score. Hurt themselves in a lot of ways offensively. And have struggled really against Oregon. So everybody else in their division, they've competed with or beat so there's a world, if they score 30 points a game, where you're not surprised if all of a sudden, I don't think they go undefeated, but they could be in the mix for this thing when we get into November in the Pac-12 North. Yeah. You, you, uh, I've been listening to you on your August tour around, and we, we talk about this a lot. I, I feel this way, Yogi, both in football and basketball. When you watch teams practice, even if you don't know all the technicalities of what they're trying to do, the exact plays they're trying to run or defenses they're trying to scheme, et cetera. There's a sense you get when you watch how a team practices, what they're like. Who stands out to you? It's Utah. Yeah. They were, uh, you know, we were there in the spring. I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa this is different. Because, you know, to take people inside broadcasting, we go there, you get a Friday. It's usually a walkthrough, or now the new thing is to get going and get the body moving, but you're not seeing a ton of real practice intensity. To see it in training camp again, it reminded me of the teams I was on at USC when I was on that staff, of how they practiced. I mean, there was no wasted movement, great attention to detail, great focus, and great physicality. I mean, bodies are moving bodies with this team. And when you stand next to them, and you, we do it every Saturday in pregame, we're down on the field, they look like Ohio State when we were at the Rose Bowl. They look like Alabama for when they played uh, in the Peach Bowl. They look like Oklahoma when they were out in, on the West Coast in the Rose Bowl. They look like the real teams, like Clemson on the defensive front. I mean, they're, they're real in that regard. And when I look at them, I comp them to the 05 SC team where every starter on defense ended up in the NFL. A couple were undrafted free agents, but everybody was in the NFL. I think everybody starting 11 for Utah even if it's Devin Lloyd, who's the newcomer at linebacker filling in for Manny Bowen, I think his ceiling is probably higher than any linebacker that's been there the last couple of years, including Cody Barton, excuse me, who's balling for the Seahawks right now. So I love it. I, I love everything about this team. And if I was going to hang my hat on one team this year, I think that they're that. You know, I think they're CFP caliber. And when you look at the college football playoff, you'll love this stat. Every year, 
if you make it, you've been in the top five in one of the following categories. Turnovers, yards allowed on defense, or rush yards per game. I mean, that's Utah. Yeah. That, that's going to be exactly. them. So they'll be in the mix. And, you know, we've talked about this a lot in our travels the last couple of years, and I am a huge admirer of the way Kyle Whittingham runs his program. At Utah. And I said this to him a couple of weeks ago when we saw them uh, in Los Angeles. I said, for years, we've talked about Utah and Stanford being the matchup that when it occurs, the two most physical teams in the pack. I don't know that we can say that now because of what Chris Peterson has done at Washington. Um, And that's where, to me, the North becomes so fascinating this year because you have Washington, which is the king. Somebody's got to knock them off, right? And right now, Washington has a question at quarterback. Plus, Let's face it, they have, they've lost a lot of really good players. You, know, you think Chris Peterson's recruited well, but they have to prove that they can replace them. Oregon has the quarterback. They have the quarterback. And they have an offensive line they feel very good about. Washington State, you can never count them out. And if the Leach finds that magic again with another one-year quarterback, who knows? But I'm still sitting there saying, Stanford, this is the year. It's the odd-numbered year where Stanford's schedule is very favorable. They play most of their big games at home. They do have to play at USC early, and they do have to make a trip to Pullman later on. But everything else, everything else is at home for them. And that's, to me, with an experienced quarterback, that's a big thing for me. I I don't know how you feel. To me, the one thing I think for Stanford, and this is football people sometimes, fans glaze their eyes when they say this offensive line. Stanford had been so spoiled with brilliant offensive line play, and it was off a notch last year. If they can regain that notch this year with the home schedule they have, they'll be right there. Yeah. You know you know this program better than anybody in the country. And every time you talk to David Shaw, you, you just believe. Like, you're just kind of like, yep, here they come. You know, and they've got players, whether it's Ricky Mazon at linebacker, Paulson Adebo, who I think we'd agree, top corner prospect on the board in this conference. I mean, just the stuff he did a year ago. And then offensively, the phrase that, that we've used a lot on our broadcast is, can they dictate terms? And when they can do that, they're, they're lethal because they eliminate possessions. And I think based on what happened a year ago, and remember the year, I think they went 8-4, and four, they came back and won the Pac-12 title the following season and went to the Rose Bowl. This could be a year like that where it didn't go like they expected in terms of dictating terms in the run game. Some injuries, obviously, actually dramatic injuries last year to their team. I think, to your point, they come back, and based on the schedule, they make it really interesting in the Pac-12 North because it, it's going to be fun. UW, they got to come here, you know, and, and this Oregon place will be rocking. You're yep. exactly right. And Cal has to come here. and But that, that's, to me, that, and that, that is the, the one thing about Stanford. Um, they'll, they'll, we know they're going to be well coached. They're going to have – they have an experienced quarterback. They have to obviously replace Key and Arcega Whiteside. I mean, a key receiver. And actually, Trent Irwin. I know you were a big fan of Trent Irwin's. So they have to replace that. Um, but last year, the injuries hurt him. Bryce Love was the biggest one, yeah. right? Bryce Love comes in as a Heisman favorite, winds up not being a factor because of the injuries. I, there's just something about the way Stanford consistently is there with no fall off in their play. That And I think, to me, the if, again, is the offensive line. They have to have the offensive line play regain its form that it had for probably seven, eight years, where they were the team that you knew is going to run the ball at you. I mean, it's old-school football, right? 
Everybody in the stadium knows you're going to run, and they still ran it at you. And it's what Harbaugh brought to Stanford. David Shaw built on it beautifully. They lost that a little bit last year, and that startled me. I think it startled a lot of Stanford fans. If they get that back this year, will be a heck of a lot of fun with both Washington and Oregon having to play at Palo Alto. Mm. All right, speaking of running the football, two more teams. We know they're going to run the football. Arizona State, you know Benjamin, had 300 yeah. carries last year. They got a freshman starting quarterback in Jaden Daniels. They return an offensive line. Maybe not a ton of combined starts. I think it's 58, but they're all going to be seniors. Led by Cole Cabral, moves from center to left tackle. And then Chip Kelly and the UCLA Bruins. You know Chip extremely well. They're going to run the football as well. Joshua Kelly, one of the top 10 running back statistically in the country. He returns. There's four of those guys in this conference returning this season. What are your thoughts about those yeah. two programs in the South? I, first of all, Yoke, how about this? Herm Edwards last year, I mean, here's a guy that's been around for a long time and was still willing to revolutionize football. He didn't do spring football. He did winter football. <laughs> it was awesome. He did yeah. winter football. That's awesome. <laughs> Who does that? His spring football was over by, like, February 20th or something, right? Yeah, last time I heard of that, that was your boy Lou Holtz at, like, South Carolina. <laughs> they had real early spring ball. Yeah, I mean, so – Good for Herm. Look, he's energized that place. Um, the, the stadium is finally finished. I mean, everything there is new and fresh. And, yeah, I mean, it's it's hard. Look, this is not a sport that's generally kind to freshman quarterbacks. And Arizona State is going to have to find this out, right? Is their freshman quarterback ready to handle it? USC found out last year. Not terribly kind. You know, there's exceptions, but those are exceptions. Um so I think that's going to be hard for ASU this year. Um, and, yeah, boy, UCLA, the one thing I keep hearing, and, and you've seen them, I haven't yet, but the one thing I keep hearing is speed. And I, you know, it, it, the speed issue in the NFL wasn't nearly as significant. So when I was around Chip Kelly for a year in the NFL, it, it wasn't applicable. But at Oregon, we knew that's what it was, right? Speed and pace of play. We understood. I think I've told this story to Yogi before, but I heard this from several defensive coordinators in Chip's run at Oregon that Oregon would average a touchdown a game because of their pace of play. They played so quickly and knew what they were doing on offense, the opposing defense couldn't line up in time. And they'd end up with three wideouts against two DBs. And Marcus Mariota would immediately recognize that, pitch the ball out, bang. I've got one receiver with two blocking two. I scored a touchdown. Well, if he can emulate some of that or at least incorporate some of that at UCLA this year, and I'm hearing speed, which is the magic term, uh, you know, on the Rose Bowl track where you know you're always going to have a fast track to play, I think that would be fun. And, look, we all understand that if UCLA gets energized again, it's great for everybody. It's where, it's where it was in 12, 13, 14, the early years of Mora, right? It was yeah. energized again, and it was fun. It was good. Uh, I think everybody in the pack benefits when UCLA is good again. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Okay, so we're going to get out of here. I think I'd, I'd love for your take, and I'm going to give my take, on themes this year. If you were to predict a theme in college football in this conference, is it the return of the quarterback, seven senior starters? Is it defense is really going to be the hallmark? What do, what do you think it is heading into the season? Uh, and for me, I'll let you think on yours. Mine's going to be the return of the tight end. UCLA's got four tight ends they're going to ride with. Utah has four tight ends they're going to ride with. Nolan Matthews, remember the name, at Arizona State. UW has become like this tight end haven all of a sudden. 
USC's got tight ends out the wazoo that are really gifted and talented. How do you think they get used? Well, I think a bunch of different ways. Like USC, Josh Follow. He's kind of a he's he's Caden Smith, maybe even better athlete playing that position. Are they wideouts playing tight end? He he kind of is. He's the guy who had the fourth down conversion to win the Pac-12 title a couple years ago with Sam Darnold. I think you look at UCLA, and they can use them all a bunch of different ways. In the run game, in the pass game, when Chip was at his best in the NFL or at Oregon, multiple tight ends. You talk to people that play in the system. If you got that personnel grouping, it's really hard on D coordinators. Do we go big on big? What kind of defensive uh, grouping do you have in this conference? There's a lot of nickel defense. So is it an advantage? That's going to be something I, I want to track, and we're, we're going to be doing every Saturday in the Pac-12 Networks. But I think that's going to be, like, for the football nerds listening to this, be a really fun theme to track as the year goes on. That's a good one. And I, you left, to me, the name I would throw in there, Colby Parkinson at Stanford. Oh, yeah. And NFL scouts are going to be drooling on him this year. We knew that last year he got overshadowed a bit, of course, by Smith. But I would think – and Stanford – has been brilliant at knowing how to use tight ends yeah. in recent years. Um, you know, it's interesting. The theme to me would be comeback, and I still I come back to Khalil Tate, that magic from two years ago. And, I, and we understand it was a short spurt, but there was so much, so much upheaval in Arizona last year, right, with the late coaching change. Sumlin comes in, and then Tate apparently gets hurt. You know, the best we understand gets hurt. I have a feeling, and the magic if Tate stays reasonably healthy this year, that he restores that ability and makes Arizona very relevant, very relevant in a division that, you know, yes, Utah's clearly the commanding, I think, I'm with you, Utah's the commanding favorite going in. But beyond that, to me, it's wide open. And Tate at Arizona with Montez at Colorado second could make that thing awfully interesting. I love it. I'll tell you, this is going to be fun, man. We're going to have a great time all season long. Amen. 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 We get, can we get, wait a minute. I'm putting out the plea right now. I haven't been to Tucson for a game in 26 years. Okay, can let's make Can we please get a Tucson game? I'm in. I want it. Let's go do it. We have to – Michael Molinari has the juice to make this happen. <laughs> I, I can't agree. remember the last time I was in Tucson for a football game. I'm with you. It's been a, it's been a while. And you're going to hear from people like Michael Molinari. We're going to have some surprise guests on here as the year goes on. You're going to hear from us from literally airports post-game when we're just kind of waiting for a flight, maybe from an Uber or a Lyft, or maybe when we're just kind of driving from the airport to the hotel. We're going to take you around the Pac-12 footprint. It's going to be adventure because that's what it is on the West Coast. Yeah. If you haven't paid attention to to it, pay attention to it because it's real football out here and a lot of real talented teams. And you know what, Yog? It's about the heart, right? We tell you, college football, people, you root, you root for college football from your heart. Pro football, it's from your head. Yeah. College football, it's from your heart. That's what makes it special. That's what's going to make this adventure special. I can't say anything anything better than that. that, that that's exactly how we're going to end this one. That's Ted Robinson. I'm Yogi Roth. We'll be with you all season long as we take you around the Pac-12 footprint. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.